Tell me how it felt, AJ. As a matter of fact, tell all of us how it felt. How did it feel to be buried six feet deep? All alone in that darkness. Clawing for a way out, being swallowed by darkness. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing that I didn't do. <laughs> it didn't uh, I didn't make you exactly more humble, did it? No, because now you're talking about throwing me off a building this Sunday. AJ, if you somehow manage, if you somehow find a way to throw me off this building, pray that I don't get back up. Because I will climb that ladder and I will take that money in the bank contract. And when that happens, you wish that you'd be buried deeper than just six feet.
Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 204 of the Hoots Podcast, or as I'm calling it this week, the I'm as old as shit episode. You don't uh, get to say that. You, <laughs> hush, brother Adam. You don't get to say that at all. You be quiet. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's your truly Josh. I'm alongside the director of operations, Brother Carter. Derek, what's going on, my man? How are you, brother? Happy birthday, brother Adam. Great to great to be with you on this very special day. 26 today, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, That's awesome. 26 for the day of birth. Uh, yeah, you, so, but you, know, you don't get to say that because I'm older than you. So you don't get you don't get to say any of that. I'm, <laughs> I'm you, 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 res, you respect your elders, pal. Um, <laughs> nah, it's good to see you, man. Uh, I hope you have a great day today. As I hope you have a great day every day. And uh, looking forward to being with you, uh, talking some wrestling this week. Should be fun. No, man, I really appreciate that. It means a lot to you. And um, we've been having so much fun <laughs> the, the last month and a half or so since you've been part of the show more often. And, um, yeah, it's great. And I want to thank everybody who's been sending out wishes so far today. It's been uh, really humbling. I wasn't really sure how I was going to go about today in general just with all the things we're going through right now. And maybe down the road I could maybe have a – bigger not not bigger but like a better appreciation for what today is and celebrating down the road but um um you know just i i think what i think i, I put it on instagram earlier about a couple hours ago and i was saying that i guess for me personally and i'm speaking from the heart like i feel like what's deflating for me this year is that there was a lot of things that i wanted to accomplish and just go after this year and I don't know if I could do that with right. what's going on. And um, but you know, Biggie Biggie says all the time, man, you gotta keep uh, keep the positive energy. Neg- neg- negativity breeds fa- failure. And um, and this is another line from my idol Jim Ross, where he says, uh, you know, his wife Jam would be like, "Man, you work a lot," and he's like, "Hey, don't worry about the mule." Just load up the wagon. So what's keeping me sauce, what's keeping me happy is doing stuff like this. It's staying up to 2.30 in the morning last night, uh, no, this morning, <laughs> to cover AEW and NXT for you guys. And um, we're here to rock and roll, guys. So thank you guys so much for taking the opportunity to check out the podcast that Hoots a.k.a. the Boots <laughs> Podcast, make sure to subscribe right now, it. whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Leave us a four- or five-star review. Uh, also, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash the Hoots Podcast. That's where you're watching this live right now. And um, here's the thing. I want to send this out really quick to YouTube and StreamYard. Can you guys just load the damn show already and give me the MP4 that I could download? I don't know why it takes 12 hours for me to get the video in this and to transfer back to audio. You damn obsolete mules. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, well, I mean, is, do you think it's just because they've got so many, so much content they've got to fill or what? Like, I don't understand what the deal is. I uh, know they they wait for the good content to, uh, <laughs> to yeah well that's, but what but what's better than this show brother Adam like let's be let's keep it a hundred like what 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 is a better product than the podcast that hoots not much that's what I'm saying not much that's what I'm saying mm-hmm. um, <laughs> oh, that's we're live on video and brother Carter's in a different location yes uh, yes tell everybody where you're at right now so uh, you know with uh. I'm actually on location. Yes, in Austin, Texas. Uh, I 
decided to visit my folks. I figured that since Texas is open and I was living in Louisiana, we're not quite open yet. I thought it'd be a good time to come over and see how my folks are doing. And I just, you know, sitting in quarantine in my home, in my palatial palace right. in, uh, <laughs> in Louisiana. Uh, but no, I just thought I decided to get away for a little bit and just see what's going on. Um, our governor down here will announce what's going on on this coming Monday. So we'll know what's going on in Louisiana when I can make it back. But uh, yeah, I'm here on location and uh, checking out some tacos as you can get here. There's many, many tacos that you can get. In, well, sort of, because not everyone is is deciding to open their doors. But so the places that are open, we're enjoying some tacos and some good. I had some good enchiladas last night. were delicious. So it was good. But yeah, I'm on location and, uh, you know, just cu- trying to increase the brand of the podcast that hoots. With meetings here, and you know, uh, it's all that fun stuff. We, we um, for you know, we'll be on the stock market. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the as Jim Cornette calls it, the stock scam. Oh, and <laughs> yeah, he called it. Yeah, he calls it the uh, the stock scam, and everyone lining their pockets and making themselves rich. I was watching yeah. some. I was watching some videos of his uh, podcast on on his YouTube channel the other day, and. Mm-hmm. Boy, man, <laughs> he goes in on AEW so much, man. <laughs> These goddamn motherfucking mud show freaks. <laughs> Out, what was it? Outlaw. It's outlaw mud show freaks. They call he calls Joey Janella Jelly Janella. <laughs> well, wait. I'm surprised that uh, there's somebody actually out there that is criticizing AEW. Oh my god, you can't do that! Oh, that's blasphemy. But by the way, for the AEW hive that doesn't want to hear any criticism, this may not be the episode for you this week. Yeah, I know you. You and I were talking <laughs> last night a little bit, and then this morning before we went on air. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw some clips of. Uh, I went on and watched some clips. I didn't have a chance to watch the show last night, but I yeah. went on and, and saw some clips. And oh, I, as soon as I saw the result, I was like, "Ooh, brother Adam is not going to be happy about this." Yes. So we'll get to Dynamite NXT later on. Obviously, this week is uh, not only my birthday week, but it's also the week of Money in the Bank. One of my uh, favorite pay per views throughout the calendar year. And we got mm-hmm. a unique twist of it being at WWE corporate headquarters. We got a director of operations, so we can pick his brain on how he thinks things will go down inside Titan Towers and how yes. he, how that would go throughout the building. Right. I'm kind of hoping that we do get a Kane director of operations cameo in there because that would work perfectly even though that probably be a bad look for his county even though he is the mayor um hey i i'm not gonna come here and talk about social distancing what i saw last night in that street fight was not social distancing i don't know what the con says so um yeah so we'll get to that later on and um we got some stuff to talk about from raw and smackdown this week too mm-hmm. i thought both shows were pretty good too so yeah. um, um oh some fun stuff talking about wrestling if you're watching live leave a comment in the comment section ask any questions um, I want to give shout out to the good brother Matt McCool who told me he's starting a new podcast soon. So um, yes. give shout out to him. And um, you know, I think sooner down the road, maybe in a couple weeks or so, we could finally have that uh pipe bomb uh reunion show. Uh it's been yes. good getting getting to catch up with Matt, and now we have we have more ability now to actually reconnect and have those uh conversations. We had one uh about 
maybe a week or two ago. And uh, mm-hmm. that really helped me out during that time period. But, um, you know, um, the fact that we're all reconnected and all that stuff, that's good. So that, it does good. That's been awesome. Yeah. yeah when, when was it? Like we chatted a couple weeks ago, I think it was. Yeah. Like uh, two Saturdays ago, I think. So, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, it was awesome. It, it was good to see everybody, and um, it was just fantastic. So, yeah, man, I'm just happy that everyone's doing their thing, and it's just terrific. So, it's good stuff, good time going on. I'm digging it. Before we get to wrestling, I did see that the NFL is coming out with their schedule today. And That's I'm right. I'm excited for that. <laughs> I'd be curious to see because. Well, because uh, we don't know, are they going to do? Are they going to have what they think their regular schedule is, or are they going to do a contingency schedule? Are they going to like release different versions of the schedule? I'll be curious to see what they do with that. You think they got rough drafts for all three different schedules? I do. I they have to because they don't know what's going to happen with. I mean, some facilities are starting to open up again, and players being tested as they <laughs> enter the facilities again. So. I don't know. I, I I don't know if they've if they've got plans for again if they're all together or if they're going to do plans for only fifty percent capacity of fans or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's who knows. And you also have to think about every part of the country may have different restrictions when the regular season starts. So how do you compensate for that? Right. Well, here's the thing. Like uh, I I know this already. This has usually been the case before John Gruden, John Gruden got back to, to coaching. But we know one thing mm-hmm. for certain: without a shadow of a doubt, the Oakland Raiders will be on Monday Night Football Week One. <laughs> I know they played the Rams. You mean, they played the Rams. Mean, I think they played the Rams. No, it was the Broncos. Um, Monday uh-huh. Night Football last year, and God, that game was boring as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you mean you mean the Las Vegas Raiders? Oh yes, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry to uh, brother Joseph out there. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you, can't, you, can, you can't say Oakland Raiders around him, and he's he's or Las Vegas Raiders around him, and he's just gonna lose his shit on that one. Let's give a shout out to the punkster, uh, uh, the clown prince of podcasting. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Where do we want to start? Um, I guess we should uh, start off with uh, the show on Fox yesterday uh, on last Friday. Yeah, I was gonna say, why don't we start? Why don't we start with SmackDown since that was the first thing that happened since the last time you and I were together? Right. Uh, we'll go in order here. Um, let me start off with this before we get to what happened on SmackDown. I talked about this a couple weeks ago, and it's still getting more and more pub as the weeks goes on. I don't know if it's something that Brian Alvarez feeds off of revealing what ratings are during the pandemic. I really don't know what it is. And honestly, for me personally, I don't care. What I do care about is about stupid, meaningless shit that takes away from what the product is. I'm in a very different position than what he does. He thinks he's a reporter, so he (laughs) goes about tweeting things as if he is a reporter, and he placates to an audience that's going to buy everything he's selling, just like his cohort, Dave Meltzer. And cool, they got their audience. But again, I'll ask you this, Brett Carter. Yeah, you see ratings are going down every week, whether it's Raw or SmackDown. Is it really an indictment on the product? Or are you watching the shows for what they are 
and actually enjoying them with the fact we're lucky we even have pro wrestling shows on our television screens right now. Right. You know, to me, I think it's, and and we've talked about this before, that people get their content much differently now than they did back in the days when, when the ratings wars were going on and all that sort of good stuff. People don't, very rarely, at least in my opinion, people watch television at the time it's supposed to happen. Now, the, the big difference is, you know, sporting events or, you know, if you have a weekly show that you watch, fine. But by and large, most people get their content on a delay. So people are saying, oh, ratings are down or whatever. I mean, not a lot of people are watching the show live. So, I, I mean, what metrics is he taking? And, I, and I'd be curious to know, what, like, what metrics are they taking? Are they taking live? Are they taking the amount of times the show was DVR'd? Can they even monitor that? Because of right. every different TV uh, network or every different cable and satellite provider has their own version of DVR. So, you know, you got, in addition to the main ones, to DirecTV and Dish and, uh, sling and all those you've got, you've now got hulu tv you've got uh youtube tv you've right. got all these different things plus each of the networks themselves are offering their own on-demand packages like yeah. you can spend 499 a month or whatever and just get the usa network so it's tough to tell because everybody's getting their content in a different way plus with everything going on in the world people may be spending more time with their families they may be you know doing all these sorts of things. They might be just, you know, now that their kids are at home or like if, if some of these people that are watching have college students, the college students are home and they're wanting to spend time with them. I, I mean, just in, in this pandemic, you can't judge anything as the norm because there is no norm right now. There is no normal in the world right now, I feel anyway. So I, t- to say that you're wanting to say, oh, ratings are down or whatever, it, that's a bunch of crap, man. Like wh- why are we focusing on that right now? Yeah, just like I was telling you last week, like wrestling right now has a blank canvas to air whatever they want under these circumstances. You can't, there's no book to book, literally and figuratively, how to book an empty arena show with no crowd. It's a totally different dynamic than presenting and writing for a show with 15,000 people at a basketball arena. It's totally different. And again, I go back to it. When you're watching wrestling, and we're not experts here, are you watching the show for what the ratings are, or are you watching the show to be entertained? And that's a simple question question that I have for everybody. So you know, you look at you look at SmackDown this week as Tuppy uh, uh, gets in her feelings today. I was gonna uh, say she's she clearly is not an Alvarez fan either. I, she's smart. That's why. Yeah, smart job. That's right. Yeah, exactly. You've taught her well, brother Adam. Yes. Uh, it, uh, I don't know how we always come back with getting back to the birds, <laughs> dude. I remember that man when those birds were going off when we were trying to record these shows. That was just that was a special time. Well, but you know, as you, as we talked about on the on the the two hundredth anniversary show not too long ago. The the podcast that hoots has come a long way. So it's it's exciting to see. So from birds and you've upgraded from birds to dogs. So it'll be curious to see what the next animal evolution is over the the next iteration of the podcast. It's gonna be nothing because I'm gonna have my own place by then. There you go. I like it. I like um, it. so um you know the fun part about it when we were doing the pipe bomb shows 
was the times where we would actually get into like the financial and the uh, business stuff because we would have a guy named uh, King HR who's a stockholder and would get into those. Um, he would know what the actual numbers are from other people. I have a good gauge of what actual numbers are just due to my experience in the business and going to school and understanding how rating metric systems work. And God knows, and for anybody that's been listening and watching these shows over the last seven years, knows my feelings on Nielsen ratings and the <laughs> dependency that third seeds rely on them. It's just still absolutely insane to me in 2020. But um, when you look at SmackDown this week, let's start off with a couple matches that really stood out to me personally. Like, I really enjoyed the Forgotten Sons match yeah. with the New Day, and I thought that was a really good match. Not only for what they did in the ring, the Forgotten Sons did defeat the New Day. I'm sorry, Brother Carter. I know that uh, that breaks your heart. but um, <laughs> The Day of the New will be back. Don't worry. Yes, they will. They are still the champions. Uh, and they're down one person. They're, they're, the Woods isn't back yet, so they're down. I'm just saying they're not operating at full strength. I think what really helped that match, though, was the commentary by Miz and Morrison just absolutely berating and obliterating Michael Cole. It was that was awesome. <laughs> no, it was awesome. Miz and Morrison are – would you say that this might be some of their best work in their careers? It's got to be. You know, I had somebody uh, reach out to me a couple weeks ago. He's like, man, you would think they would do more with John Morrison since they brought him in from Impact and all these other places. Are you kidding me? <laughs> if you ask him, he's probably having the time of his life right now. Yeah, Compared absolutely. to what he was doing before he left WWE. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Miz and Morrison. <laughs> hey. hey, hey. <laughs> oh, oh. Well. Um, let's see what else stood out here. Like, well, uh, no, so that was so that was really good. Um, and I'm curious to see. I I hope that Miz and Morrison both get world title runs before their career is over because I think they both deserve it. Yeah, uh, but it, but but at the same time, that's hard to say because you know their careers are closer to being over than they are getting started, and there's only room at the top for one. And right now, it's uh, uh, right now they're doing the whole Bray Wyatt. And uh, Strowman, yeah. the Brad Strowman storyline, yeah. So, you know, it's just it's because Bray Wyatt is is currently the man at the top right now, and I think it was supposed to be Roman Reigns, but of course Reigns is injured or he's not injured; he's taking some time away. Which we'll actually we should actually get into that because there's this whole conspiracy theory going around that. Yeah. Well, we'll do, can we get into it now? A couple minutes. We'll get into it. Okay, okay, yeah. Because there's this. Okay, we'll get into that. But um, no, but I think that they're doing great work. But again, there's only room at the top for one. So, right. you know, what What do you do? And hey, look at this throughout the rest of the show. Uh, you just brought up Ray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. I really like the uh, Firefly Funhouse uh, mm-hmm. segment that they had this week. And uh, it looks like they're having a face-to-face uh, conversation yeah. uh, tomorrow night on SmackDown. So mm-hmm. that should be interesting. But here's the yeah. thing. Nobody mentions this it's not the fiend who's fighting broad Strowman at money the bank it's mr rogers <laughs> that's I've, fighting and i actually no and i thought about that's that too, which is like, i do too because i remember when he was universal cha- uh no he was wwe champion 
No, no, no. He was Universal Champion. Universal Champion. And he came, I think this was like back in February or something like that. And we, he, I can't remember who he was facing, but he came out as Bray Wyatt and it was all bubbly and it had his, you know, like, like the, the fun, colorful letters when they introduced him as Bray Wyatt Universal Champion. I can't remember who he was facing. The you, know him, you know, was it The Miz? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I remember that. Like he came out as actually, I was like, oh, okay. You and it was a good match. And it was a good match. Like, do you remember beforehand uh, Bray Wyatt snuck into the Miz's house and he was doing that interview with Renee Young? Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Okay, I remember that now. But uh, yeah, that was great stuff. Okay. Plus, um, it obviously when you have a match like this, maybe you could look at it as maybe it's rushed. Maybe it's a program you wanted to save for a SummerSlam or a bigger show down the road. Also, it could be a thing where you don't want either guys taking a loss at this time period. But when you have a guy like Bray Wyatt where he has so many dimensions to him, I don't think it really affects him if he loses clean on Sunday. Obviously, we'll get into our predictions later on. But obviously, there's so many layers that goes into Bray Wyatt and what he does so far, especially during this run as The Fiend. Everything he's done so far since he's came back to the WWE has collect debts for every single person that's done him wrong. Uh, he did Finn Balor. He did Daniel Bryan. He did John Cena. Uh, I think the Miz is on the way, too. Uh, Braun Strowman's next. Braun Strowman will get his <laughs> one yeah, way or another. It right. just, it's just a matter of when. So, yeah, you're continuing a storyline. No, Bray Wyatt is not buried if he loses to Braun Strowman on Sunday. Well, uh, it's the same thing with Finn Balor and the Demon. You know, and, the, and now, granted, they haven't used the Demon character in a long time. It's been years. Right. And I think part of that. Let me tell you that I like the Prince more than the Demon, but go ahead. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, and, and I think that's the reason that they haven't used that is because the Demon's been, and he's a heel now. So if you bring yeah. the Demon back, you, you can't use the Demon as, as a heel. Like, that doesn't work. Though, Bray Wyatt's supposedly a heel. Mm-hmm. And they use the fiend, and the crowd just goes absolutely ballistic for him. Yeah. Now this is going to be different, and, and I'll be curious, Josh. And we'll get into our predictions, but I'll be curious what they do with this because if you're going to do something uh, to really push the fiend as the heel character, this is the time to do it with no fans because anytime that they do something heelish with the fiend, what ends up happening is the crowd turns on the face. It happened with. Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. It happened with The Miz. Yes. So it happened with Daniel Bryan. So I think. Uh, yeah, I think it happened yeah. with Daniel. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anytime that, that that they've tried to do something face against The Fiend and then The Fiend just does something, like they cheer the hell out of The Fiend. So, you know, I, it's so they got to be very, it's, it's again, it's, it, it's the NWO theory. Like you have, it's very, very, you have to be very careful because you have a very popular villain. You know, you have a very pop, very pop, popular bad guy, so it's tough. Bray Wyatt has a dynamic that not a lot of few wrestlers have, and the only right. way I can compare it, you just mentioned the NWO theory. I always compare Bray Wyatt to Mick Foley because no matter what iteration he's in, whether he wins or loses, you still care about him. Right. Uh, people cheer, do love, and he was a heel. People forget about it. Yeah, you're dancing around the year to the funky music in the background and all that, but he was the heel. <laughs> right. 
Mankind started off as a heel going after the Undertaker, and then you remember mm-hmm. Mankind uh, kissing Vince McMahon's ass <laughs> during the corporation and all that. Right. right? Uh, but Mick Foley reminds me, Bray Wyatt reminds me so much of Mick Foley, and both of those guys are creative. And in the, the only difference is that uh, Bray Wyatt hasn't tapped into his extreme, <laughs> uh, extreme uh, aspects of his inner self. So, um, you know, I, I just think there's layers that you can tap into the story, and no matter what happens on Sunday, obviously this thing is going to continue. So, oh yeah, um, yeah. For this is go through the summer for sure. Absolutely. Um, we found out that Tamina will be fighting Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. At Money in the Bank, uh, Tamina was a guest on WWE's The Bump yesterday, which was really good to get to hear her talk. Uh, Tamina's mm-hmm. been pulling out some good content on social media recently, which I found pretty funny, especially the video right. of her going to therapy. Um, <laughs> I'll check that out. But we're getting to this time period, man, and it's like, man, they found a way to make a match where, let's say – this was a couple years ago, and you had a pay-per-view match. Bailey versus Tamina on pay-per-view for a title. Honestly, would you guys care about it? Probably not. But you kind of do now in a lot of ways. And here's the thing. Tamina and the Usos made their debuts together this week in WWE 10 years ago. Oh, wow. And I didn't think about that. Tamina is celebrating her 10th year in the WWE. And you, you, they had a little side uh, pre-recorded clips for the Usos pumping up Tamina before a match, and I thought that was really, really, really cool. And, that is cool. And, and yes, Tamina's obviously intimidating. She's not over-the-top baby face or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I really like what they've been doing with her so far. And kind of like this dynamic of her and Lacey Evans having the motherhood bond with each other, and they're going against Sasha and Bailey and it's got me interested because Lord knows that I'm I'm not interested in Bailey right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not. You and I have talked about this, and yeah. I'm I'm actually okay with Bailey. I, I I don't have a problem with her at all. I think it's this is I think she's better, and maybe this could be a sign that her character doesn't work because it's not transparent because it doesn't work in multiple settings because. I think Bailey's character works better with a crowd. Like when you pop the Bailey buddies and are able to, you know, brush off the kids and stuff like that, because she was so well known for being that female John Cena doing everything for the kids and right. merch sales going through the roof. But now she can't do that. So it's her. So I, th- I think she's one of those where her character works better with people, but yeah. does that, but does that mean that she as a performer is that that character doesn't work because you would think that, well, and of course, and I don't know if this is a valid argument or not, because you have these internet dopes who can be like, well, her character has to be able to work in every single venue possible, otherwise it just doesn't work. So I don't know how much validity there is to that statement, but but I can see <laughs> that there's a point there, you know? It's, it's yeah. like, can you connect with the television people at home along with... So it's, it's just hard to say what, what's fair or foul in, 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 in that statement, and really in this time that we're in right now. Before I get into the uh, Roman Reigns conspiracy, because I don't know if I'm going to go off during that segment or not, but um, (laughs) 
let's let's put let's put a ribbon on the bow on SmackDown and yeah. stuff that happened on the show. We had the two remaining uh money big qualifying matches for the SmackDown yep. brand. We had uh Carmella defeat Mandy Rose. Man, no surprise there. Speaking of waterfall, man, Mandy was in rare form this fast Friday night. I don't know what it was with her entrance or just how they shot it on Friday. Holy moly. It's like that uh I always forget the name of the it's the, it's the name of the movie Showgirls where they have uh, Elizabeth Berkey, uh, Berkey yeah, um, Showgirls, yeah. Yeah, every time they do the etches, it reminds me of Elizabeth Berkeley in that movie <laughs> coming out of the pool. You guys know the rest. <laughs> uh, but anyway. This, this is not that type of show, Brother Adam. Hey, man, this, this show has no filter, pal. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I know. But, um, no, they had a good match, and then uh, Sonya Deville came out during, during the match, and she's cutting a promo, and you're not good. I'm not going to make you forget what you did to me. Ma, 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 ma. <laughs> and so Carmella got the victory. Man, you know, it's kind of like a conflict for interest for Corey Graves during these matches. I, I, dude, I tweeted. I was I was covering the show for it, and I tweeted about that. I was like, ooh, Corey Graves needs to be very careful what he says in this match. Tread lightly. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think whenever they do that, the commentators try to – they try to uh, – you know, Mike Cole likes to give Graves a hard time, but it's like, well, Graves, you've got a vested interest in this match, don't you? And we were all just like, ooh. Hey, folks, don't be fooled. Michael Cole has a trolling aspect to himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he, again, I have to remind everybody, he's undefeated at WrestleMania. I'm just saying. Oh, why did you have to remind me? <laughs> saying. Hey. I'm just saying. One of the underrated gems besides South Paul Regional Wrestling is the JBL and Cole show. Oh, yeah, JBL and Cole show was great. (laughs) Dude, I'm surprised, and I'm sad we haven't been able to have more of JBL on commentary during this time because he did a great job at WrestleMania. Yeah, and I I actually, believe it or not, folks, I actually enjoyed hearing JBL on commentary. Oh, I know. It was great. Um, It was great. I thought Daniel Bryan and King Corbin started off SmackDown last week was pretty good. I the promo, um, you know, mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan talked about his history at Money in the Bank, and then um, they had a pretty good match too. But which once again shows everybody that King Corbin can work, uh, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> and then I, we had the main event was Otis and Dolph Ziggler in a WrestleMania rematch. Otis uh, will be representing the men on the SmackDown side for uh, Money in the Bank. I was actually surprised that Otis got the win here, but I think this means that uh, he's going to get up there or he's going to get close to getting it. And Dolph Ziggler is going to cost him. Oh, <laughs> this, is a little, this is a little teaser for when we do our predictions segment. Yes, we have the part, we have the announced participants, but there's going to be more people involved in this match. It's just, it's just going to happen. It's a little different from last year where Brock Lesnar just, showed up and basically robbed the briefcase from Ali, even though he wasn't previously announced for the match. But here's you have the slogan, climb the corporate ladder, right? You're telling me that the board of directors are not going to drop in Jinder Mahal during the match? Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> anything could happen. You have, you have six people announced. I would not be surprised if any of them don't win the match, and it is Jinder. But we'll get into that later on. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Okay. 
What's interesting in a negative light is these conspiracy theories that are coming out. Oh, uh, before we do that, can ahead. we talk about one more thing real quick? Yeah, I, you know, and I and I everything I've agreed with everything you said so far. Looking ahead to this coming week's show, so tomorrow night's show, we're recording this on Thursday, by the way, and yeah. so I don't know whenever you're listening this. This is for the Friday, May eighth show. They they're advertising Sonya Deville versus Mandy Rose in a one on one match, which I'm just kind of like, okay. I hope that this is one of those where the match doesn't actually take place yeah. and where they have a. Uh, but they've also. I thought that that's what they were going to do with Liv Morgan versus Ruby Riot, but they've had two matches and they've seemed to wrap that feud up. So I hope that they're not going to do that with this, or they're just going to get started and it's just going to be a brawl and they're going to, you mm-hmm. know, nothing will be resolved. So, but I, when they announced that, I was kind of like, hmm. Yeah, this could be one of those smas or swerves, as uh, Vince Russo likes to say all the time. Right. Swerve, bro. Swerve, bro. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a swerve. And then, um, obviously, the bigger build to whatever conclusion of what this thing is going to be is either a match on a pay-per-view or a mixed tag match uh, down the road. So uh, it's a little different from Ruby and Liv because they didn't cut promos on each other. They, uh, I guess that's true. Yeah. I think Ruby did, like, one – Backstage interview or something like that, but um, yeah, but um, I'm also looking forward to the return of Jeff Hardy and yeah. see what they do with the, with the Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus thing. That's been funny too. Sheamus breathing down Cole's neck as they're hearing the Jeff Hardy promos. That's been great. So now I'm looking forward to that, and I can see them having a great match at Money in the Bank. Uh, Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy. I don't, I don't know if they'll fight at. Uh, money bank because I just don't know like how long the money in the bank match is going to be. You know, it's going well, to be time. Like, yeah. how much of it's going to dominate the show? You know, I would guess that that because they're you know both matches are happening at the same time. I would guess that's going to be if you include the the video packages and stuff like that. I think it's going to take somewhere between forty five minutes and an hour. So because both of the pre produced matches at WrestleMania where I think the the Boneyard match was about 30 minutes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the Firefly Funhouse was like, what, 15, maybe? Yeah, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so if you, again, if you put the video packages together, now granted, WrestleMania is a longer show than Money in the Bank, but right. I think it's going to be about 45 minutes to an hour. Well, um, this, this is going to be a good transition to our next segment. Folks, watch out for Dave Meltzer. I don't want him to... Uh, Hope somebody is around him so he can wake him up during the match because supposedly Dave Meltzer can't go past the match that's thirty or forty five minutes, right? Oh, right. <laughs> you know, Josh, I think you and I well, were talking I, about this earlier. You, you you need to have a Yawn Club Hall of Fame and put Meltzer in there as like the the first inductee into the Hall of Fame of the Yawn Club. Yeah, he's definitely number one. Did I have the uh, Dave Meltzer Courage Award? (laughs) 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 Oh, that's great. This week's, uh, this this year's um, winner of the Dave Meltzer Courage Award is David Bixenspan. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. That guy is insufferable. Um, (laughs) Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about. That award goes out to people that are insufferable, have no redeeming qualities as journalists and as people. And 
I have no other feelings for them. So <laughs> congratulations, David Bixby. You are the winner of the 2020 Dave Meltzer Courage Award. You're welcome, asshole. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, well, I forgot the name of the movie. But Roman uh, Conspiracy Theory. Conspiracy Theory, yes. Okay, because Roman Reigns always has to be the highlight of conspiracy conspiracy theories, but hey, he's not a draw, right? I heard somebody say that the other day on the podcast. Oh, he's not a draw. He's not reliable. I always find it interesting this guy's not a draw or not reliable when the guy always seems to be the most talked about dude in the WWE, whether he's active or not. Mm-hmm. So... And, and- and, and and let's see, who has Roman Reigns worked with over the last little bit? Let's see, he's worked with and has carried The Undertaker. Brock, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I love The Undertaker, and, he, you know, he's on the Mount Rushmore, but that match with him and Roman Reigns, Taker looked, and, and, I, and I hate saying this, but Taker looked bad, and Roman Reigns had to carry him through that match. The only way that match, there was no one else, given Taker's condition, that could have carried that match and made it do as good work as it could as well as it did. Right. Uh, Roman Reigns. So he's, he's carried him. He's carried Goldberg. He's carried, you know, he's had to work with all these Ron legends Strowman. and he works with Braun Strowman, AJ Styles, everybody, Cena. He's worked with everybody and has made them all look good. And, uh, Raises. No, actually, I want you to start this off so you can let the good people watching and listening right now tell us what's going on with this conspiracy theory before okay. I before I drop a lid before I lose my lid on my birthday. Go ahead. Yeah, please. Okay, so the the conspiracy theory now is that WWE is mad at Roman Reigns, and because that he suddenly took a leave of absence from the company because of his health issues, even though it was said on multiple occasions. If you have issues, if you want to quarantine, if you want to do whatever, you will not lose your spot in line because you're trying to be safe. Like they've said that on multiple occasions. And especially a guy like Roman Reigns, who is he is one of the faces of the company. Like, let's just keep it what it is. Like Roman Reigns is one of the top superstars in WWE and rightfully so. But and he just came off of battling leukemia like he's he's had cancer. And he's, his cancer is in remission, but he didn't want to come to work because he was afraid that something, if, if something were to happen with the COVID virus, that could mix up bad with his leukemia and there could be a bad reaction. And right. he just decided to take himself out of it. Cool. Well, now everybody is saying that WWE is trying to punish him because they've edited him out of video packages that, 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 have, that contain historic moments in history. Case in point, with the uh, with the Seth Rollins cash in on Brock Lesnar, they, they they were they were hyping this on this past week's show, the top Money in the Bank moments of all time, and they said the number one Money in the Bank moment was Seth Rollins cashing in Money in the Bank at WrestleMania and winning the World Championship, which I actually agree with. Uh, I think that, and you can make an argument uh, for the CM Punk John Cena match uh, being the number one moment, but if you're talking about just actual Money in the Bank, with I think they were talking about with actual just the briefcase. Right. whether it's winning it or a cash-in. And I agree that was the best cash-in of all time. But they for, they conveniently, or they, they happened to leave Roman Reigns out of the, of, of, the, of the package, and now they're like, 
oh, they edited Roman Reigns out of the video package because they're mad at him or something like that. But if you watch the intro to SmackDown, he's still in the intro to SmackDown show. If if he was if he was that bad, they would have taken him out of the intro. I've heard reports that they're like that instructors have been instructed to not mention Roman Reigns on television. Blah 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 blah. So it's just, there's this big conspiracy theory that WWE is mad at Roman Reigns for taking care of his health. And I'm sorry, but I don't buy that for one second. Like, are you really gonna think? Are you really gonna punish this guy who is clearly not just a WWE fixture, but he's also a mainstream media fixture. Like everybody knows who Roman Reigns is, and he's won all these awards. Blah 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 blah. Do you really think they would punch him? Because if they did, Reigns would come out. I think Reigns would come out and say it. He'd be like, "Just so you guys know, WWE has punished me, and they've said blah 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 because of uh, <laughs> because of all this stuff." But so I think that that's an absolutely ridiculous conspiracy theory. It's people wanting to once again bring down Roman Reigns because they don't like him because he's not their guy, and it's just their attempt to the it's the the moron IWC's you know. Um, attempts to try to bring him down and to try to say that Roman is, we were right. Roman's not a draw, blah, blah, blah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Also, uh, hello, Mitchell. Good to see you. <laughs> What's up, Matt? There's one thing about society that I'm just getting utterly sick and tired of. And it's not just wrestling related. This is just life and sports and everything that's going on. I am getting fucking annoyed with the, I'm right, you're wrong society that we're in and the people that cling onto any narrative that fits whatever they're feeling at that time and they go and they die on this hill. They'll defend their hill, they'll defend their opinion to the Cosgo home even if they're wrong about something and they wait. They wait for something. Any little minute thing to find any reason to say, hey, you're, I'm right, you're wrong. You know, I I know in life that people get envious of other people and a lot of people want to see other people fail because they're not in the position that they're in, blah, 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 blah. But with wrestling fans, it just comes to the point where stupidity outweighs common sense. <laughs> and when I say that, and I'm not trying to say that all wrestling fans are stupid because that's not the case. But for the people that go their way and puff up their chest that they're smart fans and they're experts and all this stuff, really need to take a look in the mirror and look how stupid they sound and look when they go on camera on these video shows, on these post-game shows at the Raw and SmackDown, and literally look you in the eye while you're watching their show and tell you that Roman Reigns faked his cancer like Wrestling Observer did last year. Or in this instance, that... Oh, uh, WWE is trying to remove Roman Reigns from the history books. Me and you can assume and make conspiracy theories with the best of them. But here's something I learned in life, and I hope a lot of you guys learn about this too. People that you could make an ass out of you and me, no matter how many times you assume something. I believe in context and substance. And I don't believe in the if theory. If my mother had balls, she'd be my father, okay? I really (laughs) don't care about hindsight. I don't care about ifs, ands, yeah, buts, like it's all minuscule to tell me what's real and what's not. So Roman Reigns 
a guy who's looking out for his family's interests, not his own, because if, if Roman Reigns was all about himself, right, wouldn't you think he would just went on with WrestleMania and beat Goldberg for the title? Right. He would continue exactly. out in the shows. Roman Reigns is just this bad guy. I This conspiracy theory is just stupid. I can't even call it a theory because it has no logic to it. It has absolutely no logic to it. And these are the same people that go out of their way every fucking show to tweet out that, oh, hey, this storyline doesn't make sense. That does that storyline doesn't make sense. Wrestling fans could pick out that whatever storylines or matches don't make sense, but they could come up with a conspiracy theory, and that's 100% accurate. You got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> it doesn't work both ways. I, I Here's the thing. Me and anybody that does shows like this, we don't know every inner aspect of what goes on in the professional wrestling business. It doesn't matter how long we've been watching these shows. It doesn't matter how much product knowledge we study. Yeah, do I spend more time dissecting and breaking down the product than most people? Yes, but that does not mean shit at the end of the day because I'm not smarter than everybody that does stuff like this. I come from here. I speak from my heart. You can agree or disagree with what I have to say. And you know what? At the end of the day, I want Roman Reigns to be happy because he's looking out for his family. It doesn't matter what your opinion is on his as him as a performer, or the fact that you want him to fail because you you want to prove Vince McMahon wrong that he doesn't know how to push talent anymore. I really don't care mm-hmm. about this shit. You guys are still harping on to these narratives that have been going on since two, uh, 2014 that Roman Reigns is not the guy, so you're going to find any little fucking thing to say, hey, here we go, here's my little ribbon to show you that, hey, I was right and you're wrong, and that's right. just absolute bullshit. <laughs> That's awful. Well, it's it's just the same thing as, and this is not a political statement because this is not a political show. But it's it's the same reason why people who are on the right side of things will listen to Fox News and and all those things to get their talking points, and then or the people on the left will listen to CNN or you know those those stations to get their talking points, and they'll and they'll try to nitpick every little thing to to get their agenda forward. And I and I know you're comparing the issues of the world to pro wrestling is 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 kind of a right. is not you know it's 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 not a fair comparison. But the point is that everybody will find every little small little thing to push their own agenda and do it with such passion and such you know gusto. But it's just like guys, you know. Come on, it's 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 you're getting mad about this stuff. It's like, y'all, like check check your sources, check your sources. And look, this is in entertainment. You're not always going to get what you want in entertainment and in sports. Like if if you're a if you're a you know if you're a uh, if you're a Bulls fan and the Pistons win a game, like. You're not going to be happy about it, and immediately you're going to be like, "Oh, somebody on the Bulls needs to be fired." And blah. Well, and as of recently, everybody on the Bulls needs to be fired. But that's another story for another time. Sorry, Josh. Uh, uh, but you know, it's just pick your favorite team and that team's rival. If your team loses, you're immediately going to, "Oh, it's the Friday This person needs to be fired. And you know, everybody can be a better coach and a or whatever on the couch. Every game is much easier. Every sport is a lot easier on the couch than it is, you know, 
playing for real. So everybody could be, every wrestling fan would be a better booker than the people that are actually booking the shows. I mean, come on now. It's ridiculous. I think what bothers me the most is that a lot of these people go out of the way to send personal shots and they can't separate character and what the person is. And it's the same thing with sports where people character assassinate all the players that either struggle or don't live up to their expectations or they're mad because their favorite player got released. So they're going to ragdoll the guy that replaced him in the process. It's just all petty. Yeah, we could all say that WWE's petty at certain aspects of their business and all that stuff. There's everything in life. There's an element of pettiness that comes with. But let's use some common sense. What benefit does WWE have by erasing Roman Reigns from the record books because he did participate at WrestleMania? Are you going to tell me that they're mad at them because they felt that he embarrassed the company by skipping out at WrestleMania? Is that what what you're really telling me right now? Like, ask yourself... Ask yourself that same question and ask if you need to recheck your IQ because that's just a stupid narrative. I, I don't even know what the agenda behind this narrative is. And I, I say I don't want no part of it because it's stupid. The lead into backstage, WWE backstage, the show on FS1, was Roman Reigns' best WrestleMania matches. So right. a guy that WWE picked out on a rollout on FS1 with a partner on Fox, by the way, and you just said uh, that Roman Reigns still the final guy you see in the SmackDown intro. The guy that was the lead into WWE backstage was Roman Reigns. <laughs> Jesus right. Christ, man! What you know? But you now know what. But you you know what's going to happen is they're going to say, "Oh, well, that's a Fox show because they have CM Punk on it now, and CM Punk is not working for WWE, but he's working for Fox." So it's they're going to make that argument that it's two separate. But but at the same time, Fox had to get the rights to air that stuff from WWE because they own the copyright to it. So WWE wouldn't have given up the copyright if they didn't think that Roman Reigns was. Or they're going to say, well, there's a copyright agreement for X number of years and Fox is just exercising that. And it's a Fox thing, not a WWE thing. But, you know, again, it's pick your narrative that we because we don't know the facts. We don't know the details of the contracts. We don't know the details of the copyright protection. It's just, again, pick your talking point, you know. <laughs> All right. Let's let's breeze through Raw really quick before we get into um, yeah. Dynamite NXT. Uh, yeah, because I know we have to we have to also get through those and also get through our predictions. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. Go ahead, Brickard. What's what stood out to you from Raw? Good, bad, different, anything like that? You know, I thought I thought Raw was fine. Uh, I thought Raw was a good show. Um, I was very happy to see AJ Styles back. I thought that was a nice surprise. Yes. I thought that was very cool. I was not look. I wasn't. I was curious, but I was like, I wonder what they're going to do um, with that. So very happy to see AJ Styles back. I think that that was that was a, a nice surprise. Um, okay, uh, brother Adam, I need to issue an apology. Because uh, <laughs> I believe I believe last week on the show I said that Liv Morgan was generic and was just another female wrestler, and I would like to retract that statement and issue my apology to Liv Morgan because I thought that she came out uh, this past week, cut a very excellent promo, and had a great match with Charlotte Flair, uh, who, by the way, uh, and I'm calling it right now, Charlotte Flair is going to go down in history as the greatest female wrestler of all yes. time. She. It's she's not there yet. She but she's she's right on the doorstep at, at this point in her career. 
So she's going to go down as the greatest female wrestler of all time. Um, and it's not because she's Ric Flair's daughter. And it's not because she was handed, given the keys to the cards. Because she's had to work for it. Mm. If I mean, and, and you can prove that just because you're a wrestler's kid doesn't mean it's going to work out. Look what happened to Curtis Axel this past week. Like it just, it might not work out just because you're the child of a WWE legend, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but anyways, I would like to issue a, a, a apology to Liv Morgan, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing what she's going to be doing uh, going forward. Uh, she's has, she has a bright future, and I'm very, very excited uh, for her. Uh, let's see. Let's well, just uh, go through this. Uh, go ahead. Saxon, I appreciate that. I know that took a lot out of you to uh, share that. You um, prevented yourself from entering Max Kellerman territory, so you're not <laughs> relying on the cliff theory. <laughs> I think that I, I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with the uh, Oscar, Shayna Baszler, and Nia Jax stuff going forward. Uh, Oscar was I'm, great on Monday. <laughs> Oscar, Oscar has been absolutely killing it. I mean, she's been killing it for a long time. But and and, and I and I was the one of the first people to say when she did the whole heel turn and the. The, the the crazy thing I was like, are they is this really? Come on, guys! Like you're taking this legendary figure and turning her into this comedy act, but she has taken it and making it work. Like I love what Oscar is doing; she's incredible. Uh, so I thought that was good. Um, and, and it's fine. I'll be curious to see what they do with Shane Thorne and Brendan Fink uh, Vink going forward. They got a they picked up a victory over Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, which I thought was was interesting. So. I don't know if this is part of MVP trying to get his new group off the floor or something or get his new group started. I don't know. But uh, overall, good show. Uh, nothing – it was a good show. Uh, it wasn't like a one of the greatest Raws ever, but it was a good solid show with some good action, and, and, and I enjoyed it. I think for me, this was probably my favorite Raw to transcribe for the Empty Arena shows so far. Um, mm-hmm. I was – there, I think that's probably the most descriptive raw that I've done so far when it comes. Your dog to, agrees with you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Great Danes, they're in their feelings. It is what it is. Um, uh-huh. uh, I, I just felt like uh, the show really gave me a lot to work with just for uh, context and putting out the information I needed to put out. Uh, really enjoyed the Gauntlet match. Um, nice to see yeah. Charles and Benjamin graces with his presence. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I already see some people think, oh, I'm tired of MVP. The MVP could be on my TV every week, but that's my point of view. Absolutely. Uh, um, really enjoyed the Charlotte Liv Morgan match. Uh, There's conspiracy theory on Twitter, wrestling Twitter, that uh, this is another example of WWE uh, halting somebody's momentum when they're getting on a hot streak, which I think is just absolutely ludicrous because I don't know how somebody has a two-segment match with – literally one of the top three wrestlers in the company, male or female, and brings her to the limit and has a pretty good talking segment beforehand. Um, How many times I I come on here and mention maximizing your TV time? You know, Bully Ray has this great line, and I say this a lot because I'm one of the people who are very indifferent to wins and loss records because we're about to talk about a show and a company that their power rankings and win-loss records mean absolute shit. <laughs> they mean minuscule. They, they, 
I'm going to say that for a couple minutes, okay? Yeah. Uh, Bully, we'll Ray, Bully Ray said, what's more important, going over or getting over? And that's the question I asked you guys. Is Liv Morgan buried because she tapped out to Charlotte on Monday? Are you kidding me? If anything, Char- uh, Liv Morgan's stock is went boom, 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 boom. Right. <laughs> that way, I, I, I guess it's the only stocks that could go up at this point. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, here's you know, and and, and, and I say and I. Well, and, and I want to get your thoughts because I, whenever I hear statements like that, there's always one performer, and I don't know why I do this, uh, and maybe this is just because I'm an idiot uh, and I'm not that smart, but I always go back whenever I hear, you know, the whole wins-loss thing and stuff like that. For some reason, it always reminds me of Damien Sandow because, you know, Damien Sandow, he had a chance to work with John Cena and did a great match with John Cena, yes. you know, and, uh, and part of that is that Cena can make anybody look good. You know, Cena could make me look good in the ring and I have, I run and I get tired after I run 10 feet. Um, but you know, but, um, the point is it's like, he can make, but Sandow put on a great match. And uh, it's it's unfortunate what happened to him and his you know that he hasn't had a chance to be successful. You know he had his run in in Impact and that didn't really work out so well. Uh, Ooh, really quick, I want to mention: make sure to check out Aaron Stevens on NWA. And by the way, NWA Superpower coming up this Tuesday. I can't wait. That's good. Oh, okay. You have to. And what's happening on Superpower this week? We got the uh, team of Nick Aldis and Thomas Latimer, uh, formerly known as Bram. He'll be taking on Villain Enterprises, Marty Scroll and Brody King for Ring Ooh. of Honor. So that's going to be a big t- uh, big tag team match. And uh, let's see what else happens on the rest of the show. I, I love the NWA. I think it's probably my favorite non-WWE show right now besides uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um also, I got to add MLW to the mix. Uh, they, they're doing some awesome content, so go support that brand. And they got the best broadcaster in the entire game right now, Alicia Toot, and she's just a superstar in every sense of the word. So uh, even better than Le Ch- even better than Le Champion. Come on now, Josh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but anyways, well, okay, what, what were we talking about? Uh, uh, oh yeah, wins and losses. Yes, yeah. It just you know again, you've got to not everybody can win every match that they're in. Like you've got to lose at some point. That's part of what pro wrestling is, you know. And look, if you give somebody a great match, people are going to be talking about that. You're like holy crap, they're going to remember. Oh yeah, this person got the win. But at the end of the day, they're like, wow, that was an awesome match. It was back and forth. There was like these crazy kickouts. Like oh my god. You know, look at look at DIY's final match when Champa turned on Gargano. Yeah, that was an incredible match. And what are people talk about? They're not talking about the fact that DIY lost that match. They're talking about the fact that holy shit, DIY is an amazing team. Right. Blah 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 blah. And then you have the Champa turning on Gargano, and then that whole storyline, and that created a moment. So yeah, wins and losses do not matter at all. And I don't want to be the wrestling fan that has to remind people that this stuff is not real. And the reason why I don't 
take the wins loss records seriously and i haven't since i was a kid because i realized really quick that a lot of these matches were predetermined so how can somebody tell me that somebody losing in a predetermined match doesn't make sense like right. how does that make sense you know right it's like it's like in a movie you know it's like well i wonder if the bad guy is actually gonna win you know at, at, at the at the end of the storytelling you know, and at the end, you know, at the end of a storyline, the good guy is eventually going to beat the bad guy. Like that's Jr. says, like that formula has worked forever. You know, it's yeah. the, the face getting over the heel. It's it's and, we, and he said, I remember this is on the NWO uh, when they did the the Legends of Wrestling with the NWO. He's like that formula has worked forever. It works in wrestling. It works in literature. It works in the NFL because the visitors are the heels and the home team is the faces. So it's. At the end of the day, you know, it's just it's just the good versus evil struggles, and yeah, you want reality. That's what sports is, <laughs> right? That's the reason to get upset. Uh, look at this for another example. Let's say like every time you watch a an action comic book movie, right? Let's say like Deadpool. If Deadpool doesn't uh, able to kill or take down the first villain in the first part of the movie, mm-hmm. Deadpool is not buried. He's gonna get <laughs> right. one way or another. So, <laughs> right. So th- that's my thoughts on wins and loss. I mean, people die on the hill so many times with the wins and loss record thing, and I get it. Maybe you want to see favorite wrestlers win all the time, but I don't think that really should dictate your overall view on a show. Uh, of I, I I like the look of Brandon Vink and Sh- uh, Shane Thorne. Uh, Shane Thorne looks a little bit like the guy from uh, Thirty Seconds of Mars. Um, <laughs> uh, he's a pretty good wrestler. Um, what else really stood out to me? Um, the Seth Rollins interview with uh, Charlie Caruso. Some people like the Monday Night Messiah. Some people don't. I I happen to like uh, the Monday Night Messiah because um, uh, some of his lines. Uh, here's the thing: you know you're a good heel when you don't lie, right? You could lie. You could be a chicken shit heel and lie. There's the way you could dance around it, but the heels that I appreciate are the ones that don't lie. That's why I really love the Chris Jericho suit and tie uh, character because mm-hmm. he did not lie. <laughs> yeah. he, and even when he got into the uh, feud with CM Punk, obviously I'm biased, so of course I'm going to pull, pull over everything that CM Punk does. But more importantly, Chris Jericho, what he was doing before their match at WrestleMania, uh, talking about uh, him ripping him off and then bringing up his family's issues with drugs and alcohol. All that's real. <laughs> and he didn't right. lie. So I think he thinks that can also tap into not being a liar and being chicken shit and relying on that aspect. I think they do a good job as well. So I, I you know, whoever floats your boat, you know, I know a lot of people are just going to crap on Seth Rollins over what we mentioned last week about him ripping John Massey, but that is what it is. Um, right. And then finally, we had uh, Buddy Murphy against uh, Drew McIntyre, which was a really good match. Oh, speaking of good matches, I can't remiss without mentioning the Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders. Dude. That was a tremendous match. Street, dude, the Street Profits every week are – I'm, I'm loving it. I think eventually what's going to happen with that is that Montez Ford's going to go on his own and have a uh, a nice, successful – when they because I, I don't think the Street Profits are going to be together forever. Mm-hmm. Um but I and, and I think they're going to eventually go off on their own. But I mean, I, and I think Montez Ford is going to end up being the star out of the two of them. But both him and Angelo Dawkins are are fantastic. Um, I got to tell you, one of my other favorite 
and I and I can't remember if this was on the show this past week, but one of my favorite little sub storylines is Angel Garza and Charlie Caruso. I chuckle every time whenever Angel Garza's like, hello, Charlie. And Charlie kind of like, ooh, you know, like I, I love it. I, I think it, it's absolutely hilarious. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and, and props for uh, an inner, you know, Charlie Caruso, a backstage interviewer getting involved sort of in a storyline. And I, I would love to see where they go with that. I think it'd be hilarious. But no, I'm, I think that little sub storyline is hilarious and I'm all in on it. Yeah, I think it's very funny. Um, I'm sure a lot of people uh, give Angel Garza props if he can score that waterfall. So, <laughs> yes, yes. All um, right. What do, you, what do you think uh, of uh, real quick? And I know we have to move on quick, but 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 how do you think that Zelina Vega's group is doing? Andrade, uh, Angel Garza, and Austin Theory. Like, how how is that working for you? I think it's fine. Uh, I'm not opposed to factions, and I could differentiate. Diff- Differentiate. Differentiate. There you go. There, that's the word. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I got you. I got you, brother Adam. Uh, I could separate uh, what different factions are from each other. Like evolution mm-hmm. is different than whatever. They don't even have a, a name for this group that Selena Vega has. That's yeah, she's Selena Vega's right. <laughs> um, I know Andrade's a good wrestler. I don't think he's a top-level guy that everybody else makes him out to be. I think he's good. I don't think he's all that. Um, I think Angel Garza has a lot of potential to be a bigger star down the road. Uh, he does remind me a lot of Eddie in a lot of ways with his uh, facial expressions and stuff. Um, Austin Derry does look a lot like uh, Jacob Cass from the WWE video games, but uh, sooner or later he'll get his own uh, character. Speaking of generic, <laughs> Austin yeah, Derry. No kidding. There's, there's your – you want your Times New Roman font character in WWE. It's Austin Theory for sure. Though I will say, you remember Andrade had a great match – with Johnny Gargano uh, at uh, and it, for the NXT Championship, I think it right. was at Takeover. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing when he was Andrade Cien Almas. I still remember that match, and that was a great match. So I think Andrade has potential. But um, one other thing, and I'm sorry, Josh, and, and I know I'm oh, kind of going right. off on these tangents, and I apologize because I and the, what made me think about this is, you know, Andrade is the uh, U.S. champion right now, United States champion. And it took me because I was, and I had to think about it because when we were talking about SmackDown, I started thinking about well, who's the Intercontinental Champion? Oh yeah, that's right, it's Sami Zayn. We haven't seen the Intercontinental Champion on TV for a while. Which do you do you think that that helps the brand, hurts the brand? Does it really matter right now? Because when we were talking about stars like Miz and Morrison, who are you know obviously top level talents and should get championship runs, but but there isn't enough room at the top for everybody. You know, is this a thing where they need to make the Intercontinental Championship more of a and they have before when Brock Lesnar was the champion and was off TV. But, you know, do they need to do more of that? Because, again, Sami Zayn is the champion, has been off TV for a while. I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I don't know if he's dealing with the injury that's undisclosed right now. Um, could be. That could be a situation. I'm not going to come up with any conspiracy theories. Yeah, of course uh, not. <laughs> We're not going to do right. that. But, um, but, but they also haven't mentioned him on TV for a while either. And he's got a championship belt. I, I find it interesting if he's not part of the next road to the, wherever the next pay per view is going to be. So sure, um, okay, okay. I, I do like Sami Zayn. His whole thing has been kind of odd because he stopped wrestling for about 
I don't know, like a year and a half or so, and he was doing the manager mm-hmm. stuff. And now he, when he does wrestle, he barely actually does wrestle, and he runs away and does the chicken shit stuff. Like, I don't know really what's going on with him and his presentation. Like, his character work is fine and his promos and annoying people. That's all good and stuff. Like, I like Sami Zayn. The only thing I never liked about him was <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. I knew you were going to bring that up. Uh, but um, ho- hopefully these are good. These are on the horizon for Sansi, and then maybe we can get back to the uh, Zane Daniel Bryan uh, feud for the IC title. But um, right. Anyways, okay. I was just uh, curious, but we we can move on. I was just curious. I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, really quick, uh, so I can run down stuff that maybe you missed out on NXT last night. Um, speaking of Johnny Gargano, he defeated Dominic Dijakovic in an opening match. Very good match. Um, he has a new finisher. He, he does the slingshot DDT thing, but he calls it one final beat now. So everything he's doing right now is coming off of the one final beat uh, episode that he did with Tommaso Ciampa in their pre-produced match. So uh, okay. <laughs> uh, last week he was doing that super, super annoying intro for Candice LeRae. Uh, That's the point that I wanted to go through the screen and punch him in the face. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it looks like the Rebel Heart is going to tap into his real heel persona. Um, let's see what else really stood out. Um I, I mentioned it last week. I kind of like this little thing they're doing where Tom Phillips is kind of like the um, Tony um, Saragusa on the sidelines where he's giving his two tidbits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just going on. Uh, it's always good to hear from um, Morrow and Beth on commentary. I will tell you guys, though, I do miss Nigel McGinnis on commentary. That is my guy. I believe I, that. I do miss hearing him on commentary. Um other matches, they had two uh, interim cruiserweight title uh, um, interim tournament matches going on. Um, Akira Zazad defeated Jack Gallagher, and Kushida made Jake Atlas tap out. So Atlas was trying to go for this like cartwheel springboard DT thing he does, and then uh, Kushida leaped up in the air and did like the Del Rio arm breaker to him. That was a pretty nice spot. So good shout out to those oh. guys. Um, yeah. Chelsea Green uh, has stolen Christian's finishing move, the uh, kill switch, um, <laughs> the unprettier. She calls it actually the I'm prettier. I found that pretty interesting for the Robert Stone brand. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, I like it. Uh, and then we had my favorite part of Wednesday night yesterday, the debut of Killer Cross. And Lake Michigan waterfall because she is Chicago's very own Scarlett Bardo. Oh my God, man! The presentation, the entrance song. I don't know if you had a chance to watch this uh, debut of it. Not yet. You need to. It's badass. All right. <laughs> I, I I I've been hitching my wagon. I've been. Uh, Killer Cross Mark, and I really think this guy is the game changer for the NXT brand. That guy is that good. So, um, cool, cool to see him on the show. And then uh, I think the show wrapped up with the um, oh, I forgot to mention um, Charlotte Eel had a good match. It ended up being the DQ uh, because Charlotte hit Eel with a kendo stick, so it looks like that's going to continue on. But as Charlotte was being down on Eel, 
Rhea Ripley came out and uh, made, oh, she nice. made her return and attacked Charlotte. And then Anna Cole defeated uh, Velveteen Dream to retain his NXT championship. There was shenanigans, though. Honestly, the era started running down the ring. And then Dexter Loomis slid out from under the ring and stopped him in the track. I thought that was pretty funny. But um, that was NXT. And then... Cool. And then we have, and then and then we had the show on TNT last night. Okay, now Josh, now I, again, I, I saw clips of it, but the thing that really stood out to me, and you and I talked about this a little bit last night, and I hundred and ten percent agree with you on this. Double or nothing has its main event. The main event is John Moxley defending the AEW Championship. Against the leader of the Dark Order, the Exalted One, Brody Lee. So essentially, the AEW, Double or Nothing, which they're promoting is perhaps their biggest show of the year, yes. has Dean Ambrose versus Luke Harper for the AEW Championship. Two ex-WWE guys going at it for this brand new company's world title. But hey, they, do right. they do everything right, Brother Carter, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Josh, how do, you, how do you feel about that? Uh, <laughs> you see what I do here, Josh, as the director of operations? I set him up, you knock him down. Go right ahead. I appreciate it. It's kind of like how I did Matt last night by sending him the Bret Hart Montreal uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode. <laughs> by the way, I think you guys already heard it. Matt has a rant for the uh, Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually pretty- not a Bret I'm actually not a Bret Hart fan either, but all of the thoughts of Derrick, we actually have a pre-recorded rat from Matt about Bret Hart. So he he can take it over this week, but uh, so, but Josh, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts about um, what you think about AEW's direction and where they're going with everything with their world title. Anybody that tells me that this company does is an alternative is just lying you straight to the face. Last night, what I saw was a TNA move at its finest. And I don't want to hear anything. This is not about me pumping up other companies. This is just other fact. Ever since the AEW title has been created, a WWE, a former WWE superstar, has offered or won the title. It started off with Chris Jericho. We had the Chris Jericho Moxley feud. We had... uh, um, John Moxley versus Jake Hager a couple weeks ago in one of the most boringest matches I ever seen in my entire life. Uh, and what's the follow up to that? We rush up a guy whose longest match in AW was 50 seconds against enhancement talent. I'm not going to call them jobbers, uh, enhancement talent in Atlanta. He went. What you're calling Marco stunt enhancement talent? Yes, yes, okay. I am calling Marco. Okay, just just making sure. Go That's ahead. What he is? I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> He's the worst. Um, here's the thing. This is not about my feelings about Brody Lee as the character or what they could do in the ring match wise. <laughs> we all saw how good the matches Dean Ambrose and Luke Harper had in WWE. We know we did it already. 
But for anybody to tell you that WWE doesn't have an Airbnb inside their brain thresholds of the AEW creative team are just lying to you. Everything they do is about what people don't like about WWE. Right. Okay, you bring in former WWE guys to spike up brains. You bring in Broken Matt Hardy. You bring in Brody Lee. They think Jake, Jake Hager is the next Brock Lesnar. Uh, they present him as this unstoppable force because he has shitty Bellator fights against guys that can get beat up at uh, a local bar down in downtown Chicago. Like, nothing Jake – I put it on Twitter, and I don't to be up front of it. Jake Hager sucks, okay? <laughs> He's not Brock Lesnar. He just absolutely sucks. Now, now, hold, now hold on, Josh. I will say his comedic – his stuff on the Bubbly Bunch has actually been pretty funny. I will give him credit for that. That has been that has been pretty good. Uh, that was been funny, but here's the thing: you just mentioned the greatest point right there. The biggest pay per view of the year is made invented by Moxley and Burley, and we picked it out a week before it happened. And. Yeah, am I a fan of Brody Lee? Yes. Am I happy he's doing his own thing now? Yes, of course. But here's the thing. What about your homegrown talent? Oh, who else could have fought uh, John Moxley at double nothing? Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, maybe a guy that you had sitting out there in the crowd like a J-Brone in MJF. How about that? Right. Who's Who's been doing some of the best work? Like, the hangnail promo, the 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 shaving, Nick and himself shaving promo, and now apparently he's injury free and he's going to be back next week. So like, why could he did a promo during the show about being a champion soon? And you need to drag out the Dark Order and the twenty minions that he has. <laughs> that AEW Dark this weekend, number ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think that was pretty funny. <laughs> but there's no reason why this match should be happening right now. I'm not saying this is not a program that can happen down the road, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the pro Brody Lee cut, cut last night was fine. Again, I have no issues with the performers. It's just the fact that you continue to say that, oh, we're the alternative to the WWE, but all you're really doing is booking shows based off of talents that just got released. That's not going to draw in ratings. It's not. That's like you you tell me five or six years ago that Chris Masters got released and then he was going to become the TNA champion. Or it could be a number one contender for the TNA championship. That's what you're doing right now. (laughs) Mr. Anderson, Christian, Booker T, Jeff Hardy, great performers. They all went at the TNA title. My point is, you you can't tell me that you're AEW. This is new coming day. We got to take seriously. And you don't push your homegrown talent. You don't. So so basically what... What AEW is saying at this point is what they believe that fans want is they want w, they they want to see they want to see other WWE guys get a chance. That's essentially what they're doing. They're just saying, "Oh, we're going to give WWE." They're going to yeah. They're like WWE. Exactly. So they're, they're basically what they're branding themselves as is WWE. They're branding themselves as the B team WWE. That's really what they're doing. They're branding themselves as WWE's B team. And, 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 oh, man, now we're getting what we have. Okay, great. So that feud is over. Great. Now what? 
I know what's next. I know what's next. Curtis Axel is going to attack Cody Rhodes once he becomes predictably the TNT right. champion. Right. But the so, but my point is, is like, okay, so we have these feuds. Great. Now what? Are we going to sign more released WWE talent? What do we do with the WWE talent that we have currently signed? Well, do we release them now? Because we can't afford to pay everybody. So, like, what do you do? Like, okay, well, let's see. Uh, okay, we'll bring in EC3 next. Great. We'll bring in, uh, you know, you know Curtis Axel. We'll, Rusev. We'll bring in these people to come in. But then, while, meanwhile, you've got people like Darby Allen, uh, MJF. Uh, let's see. Uh, Orange Cassidy, Sammy Guevara, uh, the be- you know, best friends, private party, you know, all these great homegrown, like you said, homegrown talent that are just, you know, sitting there, not doing anything, but, but having great matches. Like Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara always have a great match whenever they wrestle each other. It's, it's, no, it's, it's and listen, I, I I want AEW to be successful. I, I enjoy watching their product. I try to catch it, watch it when I can on Wednesday evenings. I think that they're doing a great job. I think this, and I've said this before. I think this, you know, I thought that this might be some of Chris Jericho's best work in his career. Uh, you know, he just constantly finds ways to get better and better. I thought that the, when he was in WWE, the list thing, he was never going to top that. But now he's gone on to become Le Champion, and uh, that this could be like some of the best Chris Jericho stuff ever. So it's just like, you know, but, but again, it's AEW is branding themselves as WWE's B team. Yeah. And they're saying that we can't develop our own, we can't develop our own talent. Yeah. That's an indictment. That's not a good thing. And when you have to have JR bring up things that happen on, in WWE shows to pump up what your product is, that's not good. When I watch AW, I want to watch AW, but every time I watch Dynamite, I'm constantly reminded about okay. WE. So here's this. Let me ask this question now also. So everybody thinks that, oh, God, AEW eventually is going to take over WWE, right? That WWE is the worst promotion ever, and AEW is the best promotion ever. Oh, really? Okay, let's say that that happens. Then what's AEW going to do? They can't train their own talent. So what? then what are they going to do? They can't ride the coattails of WWE anymore. If let hypothetically, let's say AEW beats WWE, right? Well, obviously WWE's not. Well, AEW can't raid their own ta- rank talent anymore. Then what do they do? How about, they can't do anything because they wouldn't know what to do. How about this blasphemous, blasphemous idea to AEW fans? AEW beats WWE, and then Roman Reigns becomes the AEW champion. <laughs> That's exactly what would happen. I think that's exactly what would happen. And then... And again, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not to say that there's not good stuff on the show, because there is. Like, no, I, agree. I I love Britt Baker. She's tremendous. Even though she looks like my sister, she's tremendous. She's um, great. <laughs> uh, you know, we had... Uh, here, here's another thing about AEW that I wanted to mention. Like... I love Cody Rhodes just as much as everybody does, but does everything have to revolve around him? Everything. Yeah, but, but I don't think it. John, it Moxley, John Moxley's the world champion, and Cody Rhodes gets bigger spotlight every single week than the world champion. Just like John Moxley was a champion in WWE, and other people got more spotlight than him as a champion. But, but that's. But you also have to remember, Josh. This is a different time. Too, you know, John Moxley may not be working as much, or may not want be wanting to work as much. We don't know, you know. And Cody feel, feels like he has to work because it's his company. 
So he feels like he has to. But I see what you're saying. You're worried that Cody Rhodes is going to become like a Jeff Jarrett with Global Force with Global Force Wrestling, and that there he's just going to push himself to the moon and not anybody else. You know, I actually applied once for uh, Global Force. <laughs> Did you really? Yes. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Nice. Um, I actually interviewed Jeff Jarrett before. Nice dude. I, I got a chance to interview him on my old radio show. Got oh, yeah, I think I remember you telling me that. That's cool. Um, it was like 20 minutes. It was like after uh, the Wrestle Kingdom show. Really cool dude. Um, you know, going back to Dynamite, I thought this his match with Joey Janelle was pretty good. Um, I, here's the thing. With the AEW concert team, I, I always be a JR guy, but just the flow of their group is kind of off. Like I, I love Shivani. I love what he was been doing the last couple of weeks and it's not a dig at Excalibur, but when you have all three of them together and they're all play by play guys and they're all trying to call out moves and there's no color commentary actually happening. It's, it's a turnoff <laughs> in some ways. It's just not good. No, it's, uh, it's oh, I know. And, and you and I talked about that before. Taz out there in the background trying to play like a mini backstage interviewer just to get ignored by Darby Allen. Really? I'm not the biggest okay. Taz fan in the world, but he's. <laughs> by the way, uh, Josh, let's think about this. Where did JR come from? WWE. Where did, uh, and okay, where did Shivani come from? WCW, but he was part of WWE. Which is, <laughs> correct. Where did, uh, where did Taz come from? WWE. Um, by the way, uh, the lovely waterfall, the uh, wonderful enchilada waterfall uh, ring announcer, Dasha Gonzalez. Uh, Brother Cartiz, please tell us where she came from. Well, I believe, Josh, she came from WWE, did she not? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. Anyone who says that WWE is not the king of the mountain and will be the king of the mountain for the next... 50 bazillion years is just kidding themselves. Um, let's see what else really stood out. Like uh, we had Nyla Rose came back. She squashed somebody. It was what it was. No surprises. Uh, we had, uh, speaking of John Moxley, he had a really, here's the sad thing about me going off about the whole Moxley Brody Lee thing. It was the aftermath of a really good match. They just had with Frankie Kazarian. Those are the matches that you should have on that. Yeah. The, that's good television. I loved MJS promo. They randomly had Sean Spears do a promo blaming Cody for being the reason why Dustin got beat up badly last week, which I thought was interesting. It was what it was. Okay. Uh, and uh, they had the main event. It was the uh, street fight. Now, here's the no. Before we get to street fight, I do want to mention this. I do like the bill that they have. The side thing I just said about Cody and everything being about Cody, I do like the heat that they've been adding to this Cody Lance Archer match, and I think that's going to be a good match. So Jake the Snake puts the snake on top of Brandy. Oh at, yeah, <laughs> last night, and I'm sure that's going to piss some people off and piss Cody off, obviously. So I'm sure they'll have a major Pier Six brawl. By God. <laughs> <laughs> I love the live JR had yesterday there the street fight. Uh, Sam Kavar is running like uh, it's running like a scalded dog. <laughs> right. By the way, speaking of JR, I want to give a shout out to the goat. And had an early birthday uh, uh, gift coming on uh, Tuesday. Ah, very good. The black hat under the black hat by Jim Ross. I'm 
seven chapters in. This is a 200, no, it's almost a 300-page book. And I'm, I'm a third of the way into this book so far, and it's really good. So go check out Under the Black Hat, whether you're an audiobook person or just paper, like uh, traditional sense. And we're getting the Orange Cassidy salute from Britta Carter <laughs> as well. So, um, um, yeah. So how was, how was, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I saw some clips of the of the street fight. It was good. I will say, um, I actually am okay. You know, we we, we rag AEW for uh, all they're doing is building on ex WWE talent. Blah 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 blah. I'm actually okay with Matt Hardy being in AEW because, from what I understand and what I've read, they WWE didn't really want Matt Hardy to do the broken gimmick, and you know. Matt Hardy, he's gotten to a point in his career where he wants to do things what he wants. And right. I, honestly, I believe he's earned that right. Oh, yeah. so, because of, so I'm okay with him being in AEW and doing the whole broken gimmick. Because, I mean, that's, that's what he's going to be the best known for in his career is the AEW gimmick. Or, I'm sorry, the, uh, the broken gimmick. And so I'm 100% okay with that and him being able to do that in AEW. So, uh, and also, and, and I know AEW's kind of, you know they're they're not building their own stars, especially with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and all that stuff. But I, I enjoy watching Kenny Omega now that I have a chance to see him on every week or every other week on television. I think he's a wonderful, very talented superstar. Uh, same with the Young Bucks. You know I always enjoy watching the Young Bucks, or I've enjoyed watching the Young Bucks mm-hmm. uh, do their thing. So I, I think they're all very talented and glad to so that part about it i'm okay with because right. american audiences might not get have have gotten to see kenny omega or the young bucks on a weekly basis if they don't watch if they don't really watch or or, or have an outlet to watch new japan or ring yeah. of honor and now that they're on a major network they get that so i i'm not, so that part about it i'm actually okay with i, I thought the street fight was pretty entertaining just from top to bottom the the fact that um the inner circle put Matt, Broken Matt Hardy in the ice machine, and then he came back as the real Broken Matt Hardy. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. But they, had oh. nice, they had a nice little silhouette of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars uh, stadium. Oh, cool. Uh, it's pretty nice when you have an NFL owner that can use, your, <laughs> use his own stadium hey. for his own advantage. <laughs> hey, it's the same as WWE using their performance center. They have the resources. Let's use yeah. it. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I, I, it was just pretty cool. They had the visual at the end where they won the match, and then it's like the inner circle came on the scoreboard. I just thought that mm-hmm. was pretty funny. Oh, cool. uh, and then also you have the part where Matt is driving the golf cart, and he's <laughs> that's the part where I was saying he's running like a scalded dog. <laughs> uh, shots, oh, my old man. Shots to my old man who just uh, popped in the chat box. Oh, very good, man. Um. So, yeah, I, I thought I thought there was good matches, but just that whole thing with the announcement with Moxie and Brody Lee just threw me off because th- that's not something small. You're literally announcing the main event of your next pay per view, and that's the match you're gonna go with. <laughs> uh, they announced MJF versus Jungle Boy uh, for Double or Nothing. I'm sure that's gonna be what what it is, but um. Yeah, that's my thoughts on Dynamite. But before okay. we wrap things up, let's get it. We're about 90 minutes in, so we'll wrap this up. With yep, it. we got to do it. Yep. Um, it's time, ladies and gentlemen, for some money in the bank predictions. Yes. <laughs> Brother Carter, I'll Love let it. you uh, 
go down the card and we could uh, spit back and forth with this. All right. Well, let's begin with the SmackDown Tag Team Championship Fatal 4-Way Match. You have got the champions, the day of the new, the new day, defending against Lucha House Party, Miz and Morrison, and the Forgotten Sons. Uh, I'm going to take New Day to retain here. I They just gave him the titles back. I don't see any reason to take the titles off them at this point. I think this is going to be another opportunity for the Forgotten Sons to, to, to show off what they can do. Uh, but I think that with all the chaos, the New Day retains. But eventually the Forgotten Sons will get their opportunity down the road. But I, I've got the New Day retaining here. Yeah, I got the Day of the New retaining as well. Uh, the Miz will be taking the L. Let's yes. <laughs> yep. I like it. Very good. Very good. Cool. Uh, next up, we have got, let's see, let's do the SmackDown Women's Championship match. We've got Bailey defending the title against Tamina. Let's go with you first, brother Car- or brother Adam. Who do you have? I'm going Tamina all the way. Even though she probably will not win, I'm going with Tamina to get the upset. All right. And I am going to disagree with you, and I'm going to say that Bailey retains the title here. I think because I think that they're going to that they're building to a Sasha Bailey thing down the road, getting into SummerSlam. Yeah, that's uh, going to be the, interesting. for the for the championship <laughs> <laughs> for the championship. But uh, I so but I but I, and I, I think Bailey's been doing some great work. But uh, but I but I but props to Tamina. I'm glad she's finally getting an opportunity. I think she deserves it. But I've got Bailey retaining uh, by crook. Uh, they say by hooker, by crook, right? <laughs> but I, but I say it's going to be by crook, and that Bailey retains her championship. Okay. Next up, we've got the WWE Championship match: mm. Drew McIntyre defending against the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. Uh, I've got Drew McIntyre retaining here. I don't see any reason to take the title off of him at this point. I and, and I really hope that he gets to lead the company through this pandemic and we'll get the opportunity to get the crowd reaction when they finally do have live shows again, that enormous pop when he walks out as WWE champion, but I've got drew McIntyre retaining the championship. I'm going to go with drew McIntyre here. Um, I thought it was very interesting that they tied in buddy Murphy, uh, the little interview they did before their match on Monday where Murphy's like sooner or later, me and Rollins will have our duel <laughs> or our joust, if you will, or Joyce. I thought so, that yeah. was great. Yeah. I like that. So I could see McIntyre winning and Rollins blame Murphy for losing the match. Murphy attacks Seth Rollins and McIntyre does a claymore and Seth Rollins is like just like laid out. <laughs> right. So I'll go right. with Drew McIntyre in that match. Very good. Very good. All right. Next up, we have the Universal Championship match. Yes. We have champion Brand Strowman defending against Bray Wyatt. Who do you got here, brother? Uh, Adam, we'll start with you. I'm going to go with the former... Um, member of the Adam Rose Express. I'm going to go with... <laughs> I am going with Braun Strowman. <laughs> I also am going with Braun Strowman here. I don't... Again, I don't see any reason for them him to take to... For them to take the title off of him just yet. Right. And it, but, but I also think that the feud with Bray Wyatt is going to continue, which actually is going to influence my pick uh, for the next couple matches we're going to be talking about here. Okay. And let's be let's let's do the women's money in the bank ladder match first. Now I should mention that both of these matches are going to be going on at the same time, and I do believe we will see some interaction between all of the characters at some point. And I think that that's going to be a very 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 cool thing. Uh, Matt thinks Sasha will help Bailey win. Uh, yeah, and I, again, I think that there's going to be some stuff going on with that long term storytelling. See, 
Good job, Matt. Well, of course he's going to back up Sasha Banks, but I'm surprised he didn't chime in when I said that Charlotte was going to go down as the greatest female wrestler of all time. But um, anyways, uh, let's go with the women's Money in the Bank ladder match first. And I'll, I'll go first here. I believe that Asuka is going to pick up the victory here because okay. – uh, I think, well, first off, I think that Raw is going to win both the men's and the women's Money in the Bank ladder matches Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, And I'm going to take Asuka because of just how amazing she's been as of late. And her character is evolving to the next level. Uh, I believe that we're going to, so that she is going to win and be the next challenger for Becky Lynch. Uh, And I also think we're going to get a Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax feud uh, in the next little bit. Because they both seem to be, you know, Nia Jax has been labeled by some as a worker who is a little bit difficult to work with and Shayna Baszler can handle yeah. most anything. So you know, I'm taking, you know, you know, both of them like to break bones. So they, they're this is true. Partners. Yes, this is true. Exactly. <laughs> but I've got Oscar winning the money in the bank ladder match for the women. So, you know, here's the thing with me. Um, I want to, I want to tie in like the cameos that we're going to see through both matches. As mm-hmm. we go on with this, definitely we're going to see Stephanie McMahon yes. during this. Um, I, don't, I wonder if you get a cameo by Dana Warrior, uh, since she does work oh. uh, with uh, WWE in some uh, sense. It'd be funny if they, if one of the, let's say like Asta, Asuka like walks past Medusa. And my bad, a lunge of braids, lunge of braids. Like we have, we have a meeting, and she just puts the title in the garbage. Just <laughs> like believe it or not, as much as like this serious stuff and blah 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 blah, you're gonna have your comedic elements in this bank ladder match with both of them. So, like you well, can especially, have, go ahead, especially especially because it's been pre-recorded, or because this is uh, just a, a, a pre, it's a production match. Uh, and we do know this match was taped in advance a couple weeks ago. I don't know the results. I heard in advance that it was taped already, though. Right. That's yeah, right. yeah, I, I have heard that as well. Um, so, you know, you have Lacey Evans out there. She'll be calling, hey, like, um, <laughs> you're nasty. Like, wh- whoever it is, like, she could walk into the – uh, headquarters and talk to the receptionist and like you're nasty. Where's the ring? At? <laughs> you know, like this like something yeah. silly like that. You know, um, doubt the bells are gonna be in there. Um, they're both pregnant. Congratulations to both the ladies. Yes. Uh, and they got a new book that's uh. Coming I saw out. that. Yeah, I saw that. That's great. Um, uh, I'm Nikki, Bell, Nikki Bell waterfall. I'll give that a thumbs up. But go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say I'm, I'm curious to see what other. Uh, for the women's side of things, uh, who else could make a cameo? Um, uh, gosh, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. But who do you have winning this thing? There should be like a dark room and Victoria comes out with spiders in the background. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> you know, me, selfishly for me as a birthday gift, it would be really funny if Mickey James just entered the match and won the briefcase. <laughs> I know you like that, Mickey James. Waterfall. Well, actually, I, I know you'd like to see Paige do the same thing. I know she can't compete anymore, but yes, uh, Paige has a place in my heart. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you know, I know we'll get Matt upset. You know, I, I, we'll probably see Renee Young. I bet we'll see a Renee Young yes. make an appearance. Absolutely, I can see that. Like she tries to conduct an interview during the match. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the 
the creative minds of Joshi and Brother Carter is going. Oh, that's great. Right that's great. That's <laughs> great. Uh, but like, I know it would get Matt upset. Alexa Bliss comes in last second and wins the briefcase. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then, do you think she moves over to Raw then? Yes. Okay. But what about Nikki it, it could be something where Alexa and Nikki lose the women's taxi titles on the kickoff show. Oh, okay. Um, I don't, to who? I don't even know if they had that match announced. Let's say the Iconics come back. I I was hoping you would say the Iconics. Yeah, it's like the Iconics beat uh, Bliss and um, Cross in the kickoff show, right? And then Bliss turns on Cross, and then hey, this is the corporate ladder. I'm telling you, people that you are not going to like, there's going to be people that are going to be bitching about this match because there's going to be an element that's going to have the corporate element where they bring down a fan favorite to bring up somebody they don't like. Tap into your critics. That's my challenge. Tap into your critics and bring in Jinder Mahal. Have Baron Corbin uh, uh, dominate the match. (laughs) There's so many different ways you can go about this. Uh, Here's another comment from Matt here. He says, AJ. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I I told him this the other day. There's absolutely no shot. No, either happy because <laughs> if anything, because you have to do that in front of people. Like you can't not do that and not have the crowd reaction for that. Yeah, you can't have CM Punk win and get crickets outside the, right. on the roof. <laughs> yeah, that work. Um, but, uh, but you're taking Alexa Bliss. I am going with Shayna Baszler. Okay, I think either Shayna Baszler or the idea I told Matt the other day. Ronda Rousey comes in via helicopter Ooh. and wins the briefcase. Yeah. I like that idea too. I like that idea too. Mm-hmm. She could she could jump down off a rope, like she could be in helicopter, jump down off of rope, and then Grab just land on the ladder. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. Hey man. Yeah, I like that idea. Because they can because they can because they can tape that spot several times and then edit it out until they until they get it right. Oh, absolutely. All right, let's get into the men's match. Go ahead, Brother Carter. All right, men's match, we've got – let me run down the participants for us real quick. We've got Otis versus Aleister Black versus Daniel Bryan versus Rey Mysterio versus AJ Styles versus King Corbin. I, as I mentioned before, I think that Raw is going to win both of these matches. Uh, I'm taking AJ Styles to win the briefcase and to uh, to be the next challenger for Drew McIntyre. Uh, I think AJ Styles has a lot going for him coming off of that incredible Boneyard match that was probably the most talked about match, easily the most talked about thing that WWE did during WrestleMania weekend. And for anybody that says wins and losses don't matter, you're full of shit because AJ Styles took the loss in that match but gave an incredible performance. So uh, I'm going to take AJ Styles to win the briefcase here, potentially with a return, and I, I, I know I'm potentially with the return of the club, because now that things are starting to calm down a little bit, uh, who knows? But uh, but uh, I, and that may or may not happen. That could be fantasy booking right there. But I am going to take AJ Styles to win the briefcase for the men's side of things. Man, <laughs> I gave you something to think about, didn't I? Yeah, I don't see Alistair Black carrying a briefcase. I just don't. Um, 
I'm sure somewhere somehow Andrade or them could come out and cost them cost them the match, which would be pretty funny. I mean, your wife costs you the, the money in the main match. Oh. <laughs> Man, I have creative ideas all over the place for this thing since this concert came around. I've just been thinking of a gazillion type of stuff, man. Uh, I'm sure we get a Vince McMahon cameo, maybe a Shane Meek Mahan cameo where he runs into Daniel Bryan in the hallway, former uh, uh, SmackDown GM and uh, commissioner. A mm-hmm. uh, little uh, throwback there. Um, what if <laughs> what if Triple H enters the match and wins it? <laughs> I now, but you, you can't do that because who yeah, you who could. would he cash in on? You're climbing the corporate ladder. Anybody can be part of the match. <laughs> hey, don't I'm telling you right now, don't be surprised that one of these let's say Otis gets laid out. Before the match even starts, don't be surprised if someone gets taken out of the match beforehand. If Otis gets laid out, I'm telling you right now, Jinder Mahal is going to win Money in the Bank. I'm just letting you know right now. Well, no, but you know it has to be somebody from Raw because you can't take out a SmackDown Jinder superstar. Is from Raw. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not, sorry, I'm saying you, you, they have to. He, he, you have to take out somebody from Raw. You can't take out somebody from SmackDown because then you have a four versus two, and that's not fair. Um, that's not necessary, too. I mean, you're you're playing by the headquarters rules. You're not you're not playing by the pro wrestling book. Okay, all right. You know, then, but but then but but then you could do have a whole. Well, I guess that could lead to a storyline that SmackDown is like. Well, this is ridiculous. How come we only had two representatives and Raw had four? How is that fair? Yeah, and everybody thinks SmackDown's the A show because they're at Fox, but not when you're in reality. Mm. Not when you're in but, 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 <laughs> but at the same time, then how do you how do you because neither show has a general manager? So how do you fight for that? How do you you know who uh, gets to be the authority on that? Well, the reason I brought up Triple H is because I do think the authority does come back sooner or later. Okay. Um, but here's my thing. Anything can go down. And I think that's the funnest part about what's happening on Sunday is that, yeah. Okay. You're going to have your comedic elements. You're going to have some crazy spots along the way, but I just think this thing has a lot of things that can go either way, no matter who wins the briefcases. Now I can see somebody's upset that, like maybe Baron Corbin wins the match or somebody else maybe they weren't expecting to win. Uh, I'm sure people will be moaning about Shayna Baszler winning too. I wouldn't be surprised by that. But, you know, my two picks for the the uh, for the matches is Shayna Baszler. And if I had to pick somebody who's in the match already that's announced, it would be AJ Styles. Okay. Very good. Awesome. It's going to be a great, it's going to be great. Uh, Matt sent me some uh, predictions. He thinks Aleister Black, uh, he's going to be Aleister Black or AJ Styles for the men and either Shayna Baszler or Asuka for the women. So it's going to be, it's going to be a good show. I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I, it's going to be really hard for me to transcribe it. I won't lie since this is going on at the same time. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'll try my best to document it as best as I could. But um 
Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. So we'll be back here next week, obviously, to document what went down for Money the Bank in uh, WWE headquarters. And also, don't forget, folks, make sure to uh, check out The Last Dance, episode seven yes. and eight. I'm kind of bummed out that I won't get to watch it live uh, this Sunday because right. I'll be watching the pay per view. But um, man, I'm, I'm, I'm look, I, I love The Last Dance so far. It's been fin- uh, fantastic. I had no idea that Isaiah Thomas was so hated by everybody on that dream team because there's it's the big big debates that I that Isaiah Thomas should have been on the dream team, but that would have been bad team chemistry. You know, like technically, yeah. I mean, technically, he had the skills to be on it, but that could have been bad team chemistry, and that, you know, man, that dude had nuclear heat. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, check out the last dance. It's been a lot of fun. Um, in awesome. speaking of fun, today's been a lot of fun too for the today's episode. Great. I appreciate all the support, everybody, and the uh, birthday wishes. It really means a lot to me. I want to thank uh, Brett Carter, as always, for uh, coming on the show. Tell the people where they can find you on the social medias. Yeah, just follow me on Twitter at Derek Stoughton. Uh, that's, again, it's mostly my main Twitter account, so you're going to be seeing not a lot of wrestling talk on there. But uh, that's the only Twitter account I've got, and so I just use that. And, uh, yeah, it's been always great to be back. Always enjoy spending some time with uh, the nefarious brother, Adam. Happy birthday again, brother. Hope you have a great day. And uh, here's to another wonderful episode of the podcast at Hoots. Yes, I want to get some feedback, folks, for the uh, the rant you hear from uh, Mitchell McMill <laughs> that's following this podcast. Oh yeah, I want to hear that for sure. Is this is, is this going to be the? Uh, I'll be curious. Did he if he created his own segment or uh, like? I, I don't know if it's a segment yet, but he's still trying okay. to figure out a day for his new show. <laughs> cool, I love it. Oh, man. All right. Uh, Real quick, some plugs. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Leave us a four- or five-star review. Even for those who are part of the show or listen to the show every single week, leave us a review. We want to know what you like or don't like about the podcast. Leave that on Apple Podcasts. We'll give you a shout-out on air. And also make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And, um... Yeah, we're going to have some fun next week. Obviously, recap of what went down for uh, Money in the Bank. And, um, again, thank you, everybody, for the birthday wishes. It means a lot to me. I love you guys. And um, don't forget, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself and only make moves if your heart's in it. So, for Brother Carter, I'm Brother Adam. Thank you guys so much for checking out Episode 204 of the Hoops Podcast. Enjoy Money in the Bank, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. What's going on, guys? It's the audio boss, Matt McCool, and I just have a little rant for you guys. So, obviously, you know, Josh knows me so well. And last night, we were just talking about AEW and NXT, and I was like, well, I haven't seen the whole first season of Dark Side of the Ring. He's like, brother, go watch the Montreal Screwjob, which he knows my feelings by Bret Hart. So, I did. And here goes. So, like... First of all, I just really just want to say, like, I have the utmost respect for the Hart family. I have a lot of respect for, you know, for Jim and, you know, for Stu. And I love Natty and, you know, what they've done for the business and the talent they've created is obviously you can't even, you know, calculate the impact, of course. But this whole thing should have never, ever, ever happened. Period. It should have never came to a quote-unquote screwjob. If Brett the Hitman, selfish, jaded heart, 
would have just done his job for the business and been a professional. It doesn't matter whether you are a chef, whether you're a accountant, a tax attorney, a real estate analyst, or a pro wrestler. You need to be a professional. And this is how this business has gone for years and years and years and years. Not to mention the fact that when I watched this this special, this guy shot down every single idea for him dropping the belt to Shawn Michaels because he didn't want to go out off top. He didn't want to hurt his brand going to WCW, and he didn't like Shawn Michaels. And that is ridiculous. Like, take your take a step back for a second from this entire thing, Bret Hart. Take a step back and realize that. We're in the middle of a ratings war. You are going to their competitor who at the time was beating them in the ratings. And that equates to, at the end of the day, losing money. This is a business. This is not all about Brett the Hitman, no charisma, heart. I I mean, I've heard about this for years. I've, I know... I knew the story, but getting the details just made me more and more mad. I can't sit here and tell you that I didn't sit there and say asshole, asshole, asshole the entire time because his cockiness and his jaded attitude speaks volumes. And obviously, technically, Bret Hart, yeah, you're a great wrestler and I give you credit. But you know what? You're In your mind, you're a lot better than what you really were, period. When you make comments about Seth Rollins, when you make comments about Goldberg, when, when you make comments about the current business and you tear down new talent, you're hurting the business because you're still upset about something that happened 20 years ago when in all reality, you should have just been a fucking professional. Be professional. That's it. It's really, really not that hard. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, you are so beyond selfish. You can't sit in a glass house and throw stones all the time. And whenever he talks about WWE, the business, it's always negative. And obviously, there's two sides to every story. And I, I watch a documentary. I, I listen to Russo and Jim Cornette and you know Bruce Pritchard and, and everybody tell their, their story about what happened. And obviously, Vince was in the documentary. But at the end of the day, I am with Vince McMahon. Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart. Again, you are leaving WWE. And regardless of whatever contract negotiations happen and, and Vince put an offer on the table that he wasn't going to honor and you know there's more money with WCW, cool. Awesome. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. You screwed yourself by not being a professional in your business. One that you hold so sacred in your, in your, your family and their little cheap probably doesn't daycare wrestling school in, in your daddy's basement. You know, they hold that truth and they respect that too. And yeah, the, you know, the comment, whatever. I was just kidding. It's not a big deal. And, and people don't freak out. I obviously respect the Hart family, whatever. I, I just cannot sit here as a fan, as someone that's done podcasts, that loves this business, is so passionate about it, hear somebody literally be so negative and jaded the entire time whenever he speaks about the business, period. At the end of the day, like, I don't feel bad for you at all. I really, really, really don't. You screwed yourself. You were leaving. The right thing to do is to drop the title to a guy in Shawn Michaels that was going to be the focal point of the company at, the, at that point. And that's it. 
And all you have to do is just drop the championship. Do you really think that Vince McMahon is going to have you trout you out on Monday Night Raw and say, oh, guys, okay, bye, have a whole, you know, kumbaya, goodbye? Why is Bret Hart leaving? Oh, wait, he's going to our competitor. So essentially, if, if you were going to do that and you, you want to drop the title on Monday Night Raw the day after Survivor Series, you were essentially giving free advertising to your competitor. It doesn't make any sense. It's jaded, it's small-minded, and it's not with a big picture of the business. Because at the end of the day, you, number one, didn't do your job for wrestling business. Number two, you weren't a professional, and that's just it. Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart, period. Like, I, I am so tired of this guy, man. It's ridiculous. Like, there's not a lot of personalities in the business that, that I just don't like personally, and Bret Hart is one of them. Because of his mouth and because of his attitude towards the business. And look, I understand there's hurt feelings, whatever. But at the end of the day, the, the referee, you know, promising you he wasn't going to count you out. You know, Jerry Briscoe, the whole shebang, the whole deal, it should have never came to that. Ever. If you would have just been a professional. And that's it. And the only other thing I want to say about this and I know that Josh is going to laugh when I bring this up, but like I literally cannot imagine <laughs> in my mind Vince Russo and Jim Cornette sitting at Vince's pool arguing about about this whole finish. That's funny, but at the end of the day, look, you know, I have a lot of respect for every performer that goes out there, and I love this business. I'm so passionate about it, and I just can't stand when someone like Bret Hart is so beyond negative about it, and. His whole negative persona of the last 20 years has been based off of this, and I finally get all the details about it, and at the end of the day, he screwed himself. Remember, guys, yeah, this is pro wrestling, and this is booking, and all this fun stuff, but like, this is a billion-dollar business, business, publicly traded corporation on the stock market, business. This is not mom and pop's wrestling school where everybody gets to sing kumbaya and hang out and faces and heels and, and oh, all the people are going to go over that we want. It's a business. And as a professional, the Montreal Screwjob should have never happened because Bret Hart should have been a man and a professional and done his job, period. <laughs> 